It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, and welcome to Batflips and Nerds, the baseball podcast with a British twist. There isn't an awful lot of baseball happening right now, but that is not going to stop us from bringing you baseball content. And to help me do that today, I've got three excellent regulars of the podcast. First, representing Canada, of course, is Rachel Steinberg. Rachel, hello, how's it hello. going? Um, it's okay. I've just been sent home from school for the indefinite future. So I feel like a lot more Skype is in my future. It's good practice. <laughs> I think that's probably true for all of us, uh, including from the South Coast, Rob Navera. Hey, I'm uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm enjoying my toilet paper fortress. Um, <laughs> screw the rest of Bournemouth, but I am here and I have I'm I'm good to go. And recently returned from the US, uh, a man who's probably got a thousand tales to tell. It's Russell Eason. I don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you okay, Russell? Do you want to tell people a, a little bit about what's happened? Uh, I'll give the uh, the York notes. Effectively, last Wednesday, uh, 9.30 in the morning, I flew out uh, to Phoenix, all prepared for a Sabre conference, and to watch a little bit of spring training and then go on to the World Baseball Classic qualifiers. Uh, was on the flight with uh, Liam Carroll and Tom Flack, two uh, wonderful gents. We had a, a nice few things, and at the end of the picking up our baggage, it was like, see you in a few days. It's going to be a great tournament, even they were on that. Give it 12 hours. It was then, oh dear, Gobert's got it. it the NBA is cancelled. All these other things is cancelled. All right, pub. So <laughs> on Thursday evening was that. And then it just continued to kind of like spitball on from there. And I originally was supposed to come back in two weeks. I rearranged my flight to come back what would be right now. And then uh, if it hadn't been for Liam telling me that he got told that all the flights from Monday onwards are cancelled, I wouldn't even have double checked because I'd already <laughs> rearranged my flight. But he told me that, so effectively I mad-dashed across Phoenix in my rental car, breaking pretty much most of the speed limits, dumped my rental car, went into the airport, told a very nice lady, please get me out of this country. 
and <laughs> I got put on the flight and pretty much was probably the last person on who was registered onto that flight, which was the last direct flight out of Phoenix. So Ooh. it's yeah. been. <laughs> it's well, been... we're glad to have you. <laughs> yeah, thank Welcome you for having me this evening. <laughs> Yeah, that's a wild ride, and I think we will probably do an entire podcast on on that in more detail in the future. Uh, tonight we've got something a little bit different. Rachel's brought another excellent idea, but before we get there, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the current extremely strange situation. Uh, right now, as we talk, it's just before nine on, on Monday night, uh, 16th of March. MLB have just announced that the season will be delayed considerably later than the original April the 9th date. I think we all knew that was a bit optimistic. Um, I think we're looking eight weeks minimum now before anything happens, and that probably means uh, it's going to be much longer. Um, I think there's some indication that GMs are preparing for this to go on into July. So, Rachel, I guess you've been following baseball much longer than all of us. <laughs> can you can you ever remember anything remotely like this happening? Uh, I wasn't alive in World War II, believe it or not. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have been thinking about that, obviously, because that's probably your best comparison. Um, but uh, as I've been tweeting a lot um, about this, I did work in a stadium for a number of years. And so it's at least one positive for me has been seeing a lot of the organizations and managers kind of step up and provide, hopefully, um, some kind of package for their employees who now are finding themselves out of work. Um, I know the five big Toronto teams have just come together and done something similar. Um, Mark Cuban obviously announced it, so hopefully more of that to come, and hopefully more of that to come over here as well. Yeah, fingers crossed. I know there are people out there who are trying to do things for the minor leaguers. Uh, the Major League Baseball teams do not seem to be leading that charge, unfortunately, but hopefully they will make a bit more of a push towards that. Rob, how are you, how are you feeling at the moment? I know this has thrown a wrench in your plans for the future. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think, you know, Russell's story is not, not particularly uh, unique. I know there are a lot of British baseball fans out there, myself included, who are having their plans disrupted. And where it differs for us is that we are all traveling. We are flying transatlantic for this. So, uh, you know, there's, there's there's the two of us and there's also our, our fantastic editor, Gav, who's had his his plans disrupted too me too so, actually i was supposed to go home in april there we go there's, yeah. there's so that's that's and now what that's, that's yeah. a load of us so if, if you spread that out across the whole community we we know that you know i'm probably talking to a very good percentage of you right now who if you haven't already had your plans completely disrupted and cancelled you're have you're living in that awful limbo land whereby you don't know if you're going to be going um, and it's not a nice feeling because I've been living that uh, for the last couple of weeks. I was supposed to be heading out to to Miami to catch uh, the Miami's against uh, the Marlins against the the Pirates, and then heading over to Tampa, see the Rangers and uh, the Yankees and possibly the Orioles. And that's that's not happening now. And uh, you know, I'm not the only one, and 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 we all aren't the only one. So it's it's a lot of money for us to to have this this hobby, and it's a real shame that that. I mean, of course, we have to get this into perspective about what we're really talking about here. But if you if you put that to one side a moment and just think about the fact that we are all people who are spending a lot of money on having this slightly bizarre hobby, uh, it's being disrupted now, and it's going to make it a lot harder a lot harder for us to sort of keep that fandom up. And uh, you know, so there's a, a lot of sympathy out there for for a whole load of people who are going to be going through the same thing. Yeah, I think for a lot of people who I think. Um... We discredit sport somewhat in how it probably contributes to a lot of everyone's sort of mental health and well-being, and a lot of people kind of use it as an escape and to get by. So certainly, my thoughts and feelings 
go out to anyone who does feel a bit of that kind of void in a, in a yeah. considerable way. And it's not just the baseball, it's everything, isn't it? It's the whole lot's gone. The BBC app the other day, it said, don't worry, we still got sport for you. So I scrolled down and had a look. And they said that there was three hours of live badminton for me to watch. At which point I launched my phone across the room and uh, uh, cursed expletives at the BBC Sport app. Because, come on, badminton, I'm, really? I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for anything I can watch, including, if we're going to spin this and back to the, the topic at hand, um, I watched the entirety of Trevor Bauer's Sandlot game the other night. Um, I still don't know how I felt about it, but there was definitely something surreal about watching a bunch of, and by a bunch, I mean a handful of MLB and a couple of minor league players just playing Sandlot baseball. It wasn't very exciting, but I, at the same time, I sort of was like, this is something I will never see again. Mm. Uh, and it was a bit historic in its own right. Um, and by something I'll never see again, he did sort of threaten on camera to do it again. So I'll be eating my words in a few weeks. <laughs> but, um, uh, no, but it was... Um, it, it was kind shirts, of wasn't there? a lot of check shirts. Um, there, there is something kind of lovely about kind of seeing them as you know what they probably were like in kind of little league and stuff. So um, it wasn't necessarily like a major event. It wasn't always entertaining, but but there is something quite special and unique about it. So I'm glad that I stayed up to watch it. Very good. And and Russell, you've already dealt with the absence of baseball in a very immediate way, I guess. <laughs> Did, do you have any plans? Are there any baseball-related things you're going to be doing to fill the time while we wait for the real thing to resume? Well, it gives me more time to analyse things that's happened over the last season. So kind of like we would be getting into the start of the season where I will be shouting small sample size, small sample size, small sample <laughs> size. So I'm going to take the the levity of, of the high road and saying that kind of I'm happy that I don't have to do that for a few more weeks or or months. But it's going to get to some point where I'm probably going to want to start shouting small sample size at people because we've only seen a few games and someone's on fire. But uh, no, I, I think yeah, I'm, I will watch a few older games kind of like to kind of just keep my keep myself kind of like with that little bit of nourishment to kind of continue on. Uh, I will be in isolation as I've as we probably all will be. I've been told to work from home for the next indefinite time. So Neither of my, both of my flatmates are outside of the country and are staying outside of the country. So oh, I'm a bit jealous. Sorry, no, my flatmate might she won't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel's flatmate, if you are listening to this, please do let us know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, obviously this is more serious than baseball, and I'm sure we all agree that that they are doing the right thing, uh, and this is way more serious than than us missing a few baseball games uh hopefully we can bring people a little bit of uh, distraction and respite um yeah. while we uh try not to think about the uh much more serious situation going on around us so to that end uh, i think we should roll on to rachel's idea and uh, i guess i'll turn it over to you rachel what have you got sure. for us today? so this is hopefully maybe not now um the last of my i'm going to just ask you to tell me about five things but um there are five senses and the reason that I came up with this idea was because of a particularly bad take on Twitter. And I'm a fairly open-minded Twitter person. We're like, to each their own, but this is a bad one. Um, and it was someone who basically said, please take all of the sound out of baseball. Like, take out the videos, take out all the songs, take out all the things. I'm like, no, don't do that. Um, because to me, that's one of the best experiences of the game. It's all the stuff that goes on around it. Um, 
so rather than respond on Twitter, I decided to just take my revenge out with the podcast. And um, so my thought was we could talk about um, each of the five senses and how they relate to something that we either remember about baseball or love about baseball or a particular thing we saw or ate or whatever the case may be. As I said, I threw this quite wide open to all of you. But um, maybe for those of you out there, we can um, have a little bit of nice trips down memory lane and... Uh, and let you remember what it was like to be at a game um, for the next little while when we won't have any. So, yeah. Um, so I'm just going to go around and ask everyone about their their five senses and and anything that you can think of that relates to baseball and to that sense. Um, and I'm going to throw it out to all of you first um, and start with smell. Smell. Why have we gone straight to smell? Why did you pick smell first? Um, I think that means you're going first, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay all right fine i will take i'll take up the gauntlet um my smell while well, i thought about um jay coderizzi's ball um <laughs> stay uh, stay yeah. um i i have a signed jay coderizzi ball it's got his name written on it it's a real ball and uh i, I don't think it's the fact that jay coderizzi signed it really doesn't matter at all i think the fact the ball itself probably doesn't smell brilliant. I think it's probably the solvents used in finishing it. And, you know, glue sniffing went out of date very, very early in the 90s. You know, it was it was, it was was all the rage when I was at school. Um, there were a lot of videos telling us not to do it. Um, uh, and then it sort of disappeared. And you just don't really hear about solvent abuse anymore. Um, I can see Darius now having a good whiff of yeah. his local ball. Doesn't smell um, that much, this one. Uh, but is, is, that, is that a genuine MLB ball? This is from the um, home run derby they did. Uh, in Hyde Park. Okay. Uh, this is one of Federico Celli's batting practice balls. So I think it was only hit once. So Very it's, yeah, ball. it says Major League specifications, but I don't think Major League mm. baseball. Um, so I'm not quite sure if the, it says it was made in China. I'm guessing this is not the usual Rawlings manufactured process. Probably the, the, the problem. See, I, I have, I happen to have two, two interesting balls. I have, <laughs> I have J. Codreese's. <laughs> <laughs> Praising. <laughs> I have Jake Odorizzi's ball, and I have a game-used um, Chris Archer ball as well, and um, they both have a fantastic solvent smell about them. Um, and and sometimes I like to I like to jam them right up there and uh, have a good whiff of the the solvents attached. I mean, don't do drugs, folks. Don't do drugs. It's it's bad. Solvent sniffing is wrong. Um, but you know, it's time for a comeback on it. So yeah, I really love the smell of the solvents that finish the balls which I have collected from Major League Baseball. Do they smell different, Jake Odorizzi's ball and Chris Archer's ball? Chris Archer's does smell a little bit because it has some trop turf on it. Mm. Uh, and it's been rubbed, and so there's a slight smell of someone's hands. I don't know whose hands, but there's a slight smell of hands on it. And, and that's potentially taken some of the, the sort of solvent finish off of it. Whereas Jake's ball really is potent. <laughs> There are so many sound bites in that I don't even know where to start. <laughs> Moving on, R- Moving Russell, on. can you can you top those balls? Um, I I don't think I can uh, top uh, Rob's pair of balls, but uh, for for me, uh, smell uh, it comes more of kind of going like when you walk into a stadium, kind of like uh, depending on where you've been to play games, kind of like when you're walk. You kind of sometimes have to queue to get in, and you're kind of like you get in. You're usually put out on a concourse area where there are beer sellers and food sellers, and so to me, there's just that smell of 
it's a mixture of hot dogs. It's a mixture of kind of like a few other things kind of put together. Which yeah, popcorn. It, yeah, popcorn. Yeah. It's it's a widely like unique thing to uh, to baseball for me because it, it you don't get the same smell in kind of like watching British sports as you do. So that is definitely something that kind of like just instantaneously reminds me that kind of like you know I'm here, but kind of like just taking it all in with the first couple of like breaths when and uh, when you kind of walk into the stadium, it's kind of like this is baseball. Nice. We've we've lost Rob. Wherever he's gone. Um, how about you, Darius? It's obviously it's obviously gone off to find his Jayco Derizi ball, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I I thought a very specific thing, and uh, it's the garlic fries at AT and T now Oracle Park. Um, when when I asked people what should I do uh, when I go to San Francisco for the first time, one thing that everybody sort of unanimously seemed to say to me was have the garlic fries. So they were really hyped up to me. I was like, these have got a lot to live up to. But actually, they were superb. And yeah, they had the the perfect garlicky smell. Everybody knows that smell. Really just delicious. So quite a simple thing. But that's what I think of my first time going to a Giants game, having the garlic fries and them totally living up to expectations. And everyone you talk to afterwards probably remembers that smell as well. Yeah, everybody I talk to, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, uh, so my, the reason I chose this first is because I'm going a bit chronologically, not totally, but... Um, Mine is, I think I mentioned on the last podcast, I was a catcher for most of my very brief softball career. And uh, I have a lot of respect for catchers growing up. So obviously I mentioned Charlie O'Brien before, but also people like Russ Martin, um, Molina, all those guys. And I was forced, not forced into being a catcher, but no one else wanted to do it. So I didn't initially go, I'm going to do this. But obviously that was Gina Davis, uh, Dottie Henson in a league of their own was also a catcher. So I thought, be like Dottie put on the gear um and i'm not sure if you guys have ever heard this term you probably have but one of the nicknames for catcher's gear is the tools of ignorance because only ignorant people would ever choose to put it on <laughs> and so my smell is the inside of a catcher's mask because oh it is this it, it exactly <laughs> it is a smell <laughs> it is a smell and it is a smell that i had you know six or seven years of experience with every summer um and it's that mix of like sweaty leather and metal and and to me like summer and baseball so it's a really horrible kind of gross smell that I sort of still sort of love because um it does remind me like immediately if I put a catcher's mask on it brings me back to those days and and to playing and having a lot of good fun Okay, we'll take from this. Rachel loves sweaty leather. That's a great. That's a great take. Yeah, this um, is turning into. I'm just feeling very yeah, strong, so. like uh, catcher goalkeeper parallels here, because like when you have the pair of goalkeeper gloves, as kids, and like everybody's mm. worn those gloves, and they just smell like you know twenty children's sweat combined into one pair of gloves. That's what I'm imagining. I've never smelled the inside of a catcher's mask. Yeah. But... Because nobody knows how to clean them or prepare them, so you just kind of like you 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 put it on, you're done with it, you chuck it back in the the kit box, and then it yeah. comes back out like the next day. It's like they've not been aired, they've not been kind of like wiped down <laughs> to clean it up. Like when we played in the softball sixty tournament this year, oh, there, yes. there was there was a catcher's mask for oh, that, which was. was kind of like slightly over the top because it wasn't really needed, but kind of like I put it on even like for the first time, and then it was just like. This doesn't even hot. smell. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like, you're playing it yeah. even like in the British summer, and you put on a catcher's mask. It's kind of like I can't imagine kind of like being uh, in this uh, environment. <laughs> Did you have so to share fun. the mask? 
Yeah, yeah, it was just the one that was in the bag. Um, well, and also because I'm a girl, so we never got the best equipment. We got all the hand-me-down. So I don't know how many people probably <laughs> put that one on before I did. Um, to be fair, the one time I didn't wear a catcher's mask, I got a foul ball back in the face and genuinely hurt. So, uh, cool, yeah. Uh, no, it was uh, – I, I loved catching eventually. I think you're obviously the one person who sees the fields in a completely different way. And – there's a reason why so many commentators are former catchers and so many of sort of the heroes of various baseball films are catchers. So shout out to all my catcher friends. <laughs> um, all right. That was smell. Shall we move on to, I'm going to go to touch next. Touch. Yeah. And I'm going was... uh, uh, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to roulette this around. I'm, gonna go to Darius first. I'm mixing it up. Yeah. I, I was thinking about this quite a lot because um, I've never I've played like a little bit but never really properly played baseball and I didn't want to just be like pick the, the standard things you know the feel of the ball or whatever um, but I kind of thought back to when I was a kid and I always loved baseball caps even then even when I had no idea what baseball was I don't know quite what it was but I think I just liked the feel of wearing them and I, I still do I think I like the feel of the brim and I like the bold colours and the logos. And yeah, I think I just like the feel of having a baseball cap in my head. And I sort of hadn't really thought about it before you brought this up. But I think it's like my one childhood connection to baseball that I never really put together with my much later connection to baseball uh, that I had from actually watching the game. But I feel like, yeah, I think when I was seven or eight, I was super into wearing baseball caps without presumably ever having seen a minute of baseball. <laughs> so I think I've always kind of liked the feel of wearing a baseball cap and that hasn't really gone away. Nice. Are there any pictures of you when you were young wearing a specific baseball cap with anything? Is there anything you can recall? I had a Red Wings one. Um, my sister went to... Uh, michigan we, we actually have relatives over there my great aunt and uncle live in dearborn in michigan and she went over to visit them and uh brought me back a detroit red wings cap which was really cool red is my favorite color um and yeah i quite like the red wings logo and so yeah i remember wearing this red wings red wings cap uh again never having seen a minute of uh, an ice hockey game either <laughs> but this was a super cool cap yeah my favorite bright color cool logo so, yeah, I don't know if there are any pictures of me. And I remember having a lot of Nike ones as well. I think I just like the Nike ones had the best colours. So I, <laughs> I liked having the Nike ones too. But um, I don't know, actually. There aren't any. I, I'm trying to think of the embarrassing childhood photos my parents have still got. Um, but I'm, I can't recall one of me in a baseball cap. I'll have to have a look around. <laughs> well, Russell, go. You. <laughs> so, yeah, I think mine's going to be a bit more like a bit more of a generic answer. Um it's kind of it comes down to like a bit of playing softball, probably playing other sports as well. But like the feel when you make like proper contact with like a swing, like there are times where you're swinging a bat. It's probably for me come more from cricket and and uh, golf as well than just playing softball more recently and a few times in a batting cage. But when you actually swing through, it makes a proper connection. Like you don't feel like any kind of like pain down your hands you know if you get it wrong sometimes you you kind of like you feel like yeah. a little bit of pain that you've kind of like you've mistimed it and so you get that little jarring feeling but when you kind of connect and there just seems to be this kind of like little numb tingly feeling kind of goes through like your arms up through the rest of your body that you've actually kind of just made the perfect contact or as good as you can it's such like it's such a great kind of like feeling and I think it's touch probably just about but yeah. it's just it's such a it's such a wonderful kind of like moment that kind of you could just come you can spend like 
40 minutes trying to swing the balls and do absolutely get it all completely wrong. But when you get that one moment, you're like, I can actually do it. <laughs> do you get that moment where it all slows down, like in the movies, and you, you sort of hear the music in your ears? Um, I don't think so. I've oh. never really probably played kind of sport at a high enough level to kind of like to have that truly kind of like, uh, like live or die moment in sport. Like to me, my the most probably famous moment of sport of my career is being beamed by Joe Hart at an under 18s cricket game. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a great claim to fame. There's a story there. <laughs> Rather think it up. Okay, my my choice is Jake Odorizzi's balls. No, <laughs> um, um, I had several for this one. First thing was um, um, my 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 Mrs. Becky. She came up with um, the slimy feeling of the rays in the touch tank, which I thought was nice, um, but I didn't go with that. Um, mine was actually not touching anyone at all, um, and not not being near anyone, no feelings at all, because because we we exist in this uh, baseball universe as exiles mostly. And I think the vast majority of us watch an awful lot of our baseball completely on our own. And, you know, we, we, we work with people all day long. We have our partners we see in the evening afterwards. And sometimes there is a little bit of pleasure to being completely alone, having nothing to touch around you and, and having that bit of you time where it's just you and the baseball on the TV. And you are so in it that you're sort of hovering above everything you're touching so it's it's just the touch of maybe the sofa maybe the beer in my hand and nothing else at all it's the solitude that comes with it well if you like your solitude welcome to the next few weeks because here we go but he hasn't got the baseball to watch in solitude kind of like this is what like i was saying to like my dad and my sister when they were saying oh you're coming back and i was like yeah 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 and then it's just like what are you gonna do russell i was like Normally, I would just watch all the sport and anywhere around the world. And now, well, to be honest, Rob, I have watched that 44-shot rally that was put on BBC Sport <laughs> for, for, the, for the badminton. So, sir, I will fall and I will be watching what is available out there, be it kind of Estonian third division football or the Indian Kabaddi World Championships. My man, I will be watching whatever sport is out there. It's coming your way soon. Yeah, I, I get invested in anything really, really quickly. Like, the first time I watched hurling, I was hooked within half a second. So if there's something on, I will find a way to watch it. Um, I promise I will... If someone's out there doing, like, a bingo board of things Rachel talks about all two times I've now been on this podcast, um, yes, I'm going to bring up that one game again, but just ever so briefly, because my touch one is the feeling of the champagne um, cascading down on my face after we won that ALCS game because that was absolutely magical. Um, How did you get the champagne? Because they were all there, right? Like, um, uh, so I, it was Ben Revere's champagne quite specifically. Um, Because after they won, like maybe what you didn't see on TV over here was a good half hour to 45 minutes of like the players just running around and dousing all of the fans in champagne. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, so I had I had Ben Revere cut this picture somewhere. It's really blurry, standing on top of a dugout, just with the champagne flying. Um, so that feeling of wow. that like bathing in glory, and that was also like when R.A. Dickey was jumping into the crowd and hugging fans. It was all that. So they kind of spread themselves out, and they were just throwing champagne at us and jumping in the crowd and hugging everyone. Like, it was such a crazy moment. So obviously that feeling of that champagne dripping on your face and 
I, I didn't I don't think I cried that day but it was still that kind of feeling when your face is wet and you're like oh. <laughs> um I actually I own Ben Revere's I'm not sure it's from that game but um for my birthday a few years ago I bought myself ben, one of Ben Revere's game used helmets from that series because of that memory because it was him who I kind of had the most experience with after that that happened so um yeah that's upstairs in, in the closet, Bender View's home, game used helmet, which I will never use. But I'm happy to own it. There you go. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, we've all gone, yeah? We've all done that one. See, we're, we're we flying. We're we flying through. Um... Let's go for sound. And let's start with Darius. Uh, so mine is is from um, sitting in, in the bleachers at a Giants Dodgers game. Um, and this was this was the second time I went. Um, and uh, I was there with my brother who I told uh, baseball is going to be nothing like going to a football game. Um, you know, it's much more like the cricket or the fans kind of, you know, sit randomly. There's not like in the home section, the away section. And we get there and we sit down and I turn around and like literally the 20 rows behind us are all Dodgers fans. Like they've just <laughs> bought out the entire block. Must be a couple of hundred <laughs> Dodgers fans sat directly behind us. And they're literally just trying to chant over everything that the Giants fans do. Um, you know, just chanting Giants suck over and over again, all the way through take me out to the ball game. <laughs> The whole time, just yelling. A uh, really fun atmosphere. So, yeah, my uh, enduring memory, I think, sound memory of that uh, trip is just the Do the Dodgers fans chatting Giants suck at me over and over again. Brilliant. I have a pretty similar one, so I should probably go next. Um, a couple of years ago, I went down to Buffalo to see a Vikings game, and it must have been really, really early in the season. It's freezing cold. And it was... At a time, we had people like Kevin Pillar was on the Bisons. Uh, Mudanori Kawasaki was coaching first base. So already kind of a bizarre experience. And the stadium was pretty much empty. Like, in my memory, this is probably correct, but there were, like, 12 people in the whole thing. Wouldn't be that much more than that. And there was – I looked this up because I felt like I had to. So we were playing the Louisville Bats. And on the Louisville Bats, there was a guy called Mike Costanzo, who I think still plays for Louisville. 
And similar to your story, Arius, we had two people, these two guys, who maybe one of the only people in the upper decks, and they just picked him to hate the entire entire game. And obviously, because his name is Costanzo, there are lots of Seinfeld jokes. They're like the best hecklers ever, because I can't remember any of their lines, unfortunately, but they were like the best kind of hecklers that were actually really clever. And just everyone just looked forward to what they would say next. But they were absolutely <laughs> relentless for a good eight and a half innings, like just absolutely constant. And I'm pretty sure it was in the eighth, though obviously my memory might fail me. But after all of this was happening, and they're funny and they're great, we loved them, uh, Costanzo fumbled the ball. And it was just that moment after this relentless <laughs> barrage of suddenly realizing who had done what he had just done. <laughs> so my sound is despite the, the few people in the stadium, that moment of just silence before we all burst out into laughter because we knew it was coming next and then it was just an onslaught. Um, so yeah, excellent, excellent heckling. Uh, poor, poor Mr. Costanzo, I hope he's over it. He's still in AAA, so not sure. I think he's, he's, his AAA career has ended now. It looks like the last year he said there was 2014. He uh, did get one hit in the majors. Oh man, like, was that like year? <laughs> one hit. That one hit. How many games there. did he play? He played in uh, seventeen games. Oh wow, that's twenty-one so plate appearances. One hit. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have his games up? There's when when is the last one against the Bisons? Uh, I can get them up here. Yeah. Um... We'll get back to you. Anyone out there? <laughs> yeah. No. Content right now. In the interim, Rob, do you want to go? Um, mine was a little bit less specific. Um, I, I've, I've sort of. Here comes another in, innuendo. Um, I really like the double euphoric climax um, of, of specifically like a walk off home run. Um, and what I mean is, is the ball is thrown, the ball is hit, it starts flying, and because of the angles you're set at in in a stadium or even from from the TV, half the crowd knows it's on its way. Half the crowd doesn't, so you get that sort of semi-cheer where everyone's like, oh, oh, this is going, this is going, and then it finally goes, and then the rest of the crowd goes nuts. And I, I love that sort of the, the duality, the, the, the two parts of the cheer. Um, okay, if I'm going to go specific, back to, to Evan Longori hitting that, that home run that won the, the game 162, you can hear it, and you, if you watch it back, it, it's, it's odd, first of all, to hear a noise coming out of Tropicana Field. But if you do, that, that is the noise you want to hear. It's incredible. And, and, and just for once, just for once, they blew, blew the absolute roof off that place. But he hit it and you thought, my God, this crowd's going nuts. And then it landed right just past the foul pole. And then, and then there was like another level to it. There was, a, there was a second gear to how much those people were going absolutely crazy. Um, and, and so that sort of the, the double double cheer, you, you get it twice. Whereas someone scores a goal in football, it goes in the back of the net. The back of the net ripples. Everyone's going nuts. In baseball, you get two of those every time there's a big, big home run. So yeah. I love it. The, the, the dub, double euphoric climax. And that's that's my, my <laughs> phrase I'm putting for that. TM. <laughs> Copyright that right now. <laughs> um, uh, by the way, uh, that was 2014. So poor Mike Costanzo. I think they yeah. Were... April the 28th, 2014, Mike Costanzo made two errors in his uh, final ever game against the Buffalo Bisons. So I'm thinking it was that game. That was the one. That yeah. was the one. I just went can to look we, at my can we adopt Mike Costanzo? I feel a bit sorry for him. 
Yeah, I wonder what yeah. Mike's up to these days. Oh. Yeah, what is he up to? I'm going to find that out by the end of the pod. Oh, his Wikipedia page says he currently works for the premier heating and cooling company of Southern oh, New yeah, Jersey, exactly. known as Hutchinson Plumbing, Heating and Cooling. All of you at home. Uh, sitting there with your coronavirus isolation. This page was last, last edited on 28th of February 2020. Somebody is keeping up with Mike Costanzo's career. <laughs> I've got a horrible feeling that might be Mike Costanzo. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Russell, I think I'm missing you, yeah? Uh, yeah, uh, so I, I had so many uh, thoughts of this one. Like, this is the one where I really struggled to kind of to whittle it down to one. Uh, as an Indians fan... Uh, one of the commentators uh, who commentates on the game has a very specific home run call, which to me is just like, it's just beautiful. Like the way that he kind of does it all the time where it's kind of like, it's gone, gone. It's a way back. It's a home run. And it's just like, it just every single time, like you hit the ball, you kind of like, you're expecting it to come. And then when it comes in commentary, like I can say it in sync with how he says it, because like he uses exactly the same cadence of like for the phrase or every single time that it happens but that that sadly fell second because there was something that I was really looking forward to seeing in Arizona this year which I didn't get around to by not going to a spring training game the there's a quite a famous hawker at like one of the games who does, does all like the food and drinks and he he says like beer water lemonade lemonade like grandma made and it's just like <laughs> I, I i i heard him last year and i said because of how it is at arizona like they're not just at one stadium that they do it at like different stadiums so i heard him do it like a few a few times and like when i mentioned this to people they were just like oh it's this guy and, I, and it, it really annoys me that i've forgotten what his name is now because like Everybody at like the Sabre conference when I mentioned it last year and even this year, they, they knew exactly who I was talking about. Like this one guy has just got like his style and it just it made me it brought me it brought a cheer to me, like no matter like, what the game was going on. Like and I was just something I was just looking forward to kind of like hearing again just to kind of get that <laughs> almost like kind of like southern drawl style that it's done in to just kind of like hear it once more. But alas, I did not get to hear it again, but <laughs> oh. it's still it's still up here in my head. So I will uh, still cherish that. That's yeah, a when, really good answer. That's a great answer. And again, a tribute to stadium staff uh, who are amazing. We had a woman when I worked in the box office from Jay's called Elsie. And I think she'd been there since when the team started. And she still worked there. And there would be people, even on a day when all the other windows were open, she had people who would only go and buy tickets from her. She's an absolute legend. So shout out to Elsie. Um, the commentators are good too. I mean, when when Dan Shulman and Buck Martinez reunited after a decade and a half or something a couple of years ago, like those two people put me to sleep as a child because I'd always be awake after my parents. And so I'm probably the only person in the world who finds Buck Martinez's voice a little bit soothing. But, but there we go. <laughs> Russell, um, is the guy you were talking about? He was he one of the popular clip guys, uh, Bradley oh. Zibber one. Um, yeah, it probably is. I think it's oh. Todd Hamilton is the... I turned him down every time. I oh, mean, yeah, I, I, I get why you can love him, but it's one of those polarising, isn't it? Because, my God, I couldn't stand him. <laughs> every yeah, time no. he comes, that was my least favourite popular clip. <laughs> can you imagine was... if we come back and it's the same popular clips? MLB have done absolutely nothing. They've just yeah. brought the same. They've had same all this time and they've done nothing. It's, it's quite funny for me because there's one that I remember in particular, which is a, a grand slam that Michael Brantley hit uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, it was, and 
uh, actually at the Sabre conference the other day, somebody showed that pitch when they were talking about hanging, <laughs> uh, talking about hanging pitches, which was just destroyed. And I was just going like, the clip came up and the person who sat next to me, it like looked at me as I kind of did all of the commentary to the clip, like perfectly in time. <laughs> and it was just like, I've maybe watched this a few too many times. Yeah. <laughs> One of the best promo items uh, the Jays gave away last season was a Buck Martinez alarm clock because his whole thing is get up, ball, get up, get up, get up. So they gave away alarm clocks with him going, get up, get up. <laughs> um, let's move on to taste, shall we? Uh, let's start with Russ. Go. Okay, we'll go back to me. Taste, uh, it has to be the refreshing, cold taste of whatever premium or not so premium lager that i always drink when i go to watch a baseball game i'm i'm sorry but like i don't i to me watching baseball has to be had with like a bud light or a cause light or it, it's just part of watching the game like i i've been to the ones recently where you can now get like re, like some really nice real ales and they are actually like very nice but part of the experience to me is almost having the the 40 ounce can which is the same size as your face <laughs> As you're just kind of like, <laughs> you're drinking that, you, you, your Michelob Ultras, whatever. Like these kind of, the lagers that I would never drink anywhere else in my life. But as soon as I step foot in that stadium, it's kind of like, I gotta have that drink. It's just part of watching baseball for me. <laughs> <laughs> You've reminded me of going to a guaranteed right field and uh, <laughs> watching the Giants absolutely hose down the White Sox. And uh, I went out, I think probably about as they were going to close up the beer stands. And I was just like, I was buying anything. I think I bought a PBR and uh, the guy there, I'm sure he overcharged me by two or three dollars and the absolute hatred he had in his face for me buying this PBR <laughs> wearing my giant, Giants jersey. Well, I think they were losing by about 10 runs at the time. In a meaningless game in like the, the start of September. And he just, he clearly hated me so much. This weird English guy who just wanted to wait here. Never forget that guy's face. (laughs) Oh, Rob, go for it. Okay, we're doing taste, aren't we? Okay, mine is, um, uh, it's to do with the size of the (laughs) offerings uh, in the park. Nothing to do with J.K. Rodriguez's balls. I was definitely... Uh, Taste, yes. Um, uh, it's, It's how when you start eating something that they serve you in a ballpark, it tastes fantastic. But by the time you finish eating it, you want to die. Um, I went to um, a minor league. uh, Sorry, it wasn't minor league. It was a spring training game last year. Um, Bear in mind, this is last year. This is is dedication. I went to it. It was a a Blue Jays at Tigers minor league game last year. Sorry, a spring training game last year. Um, It was an absolute uh, Tigers blowout. They they won like 18 to 6 or something. So uh, about sixth inning, I popped over to the the stand and I bought myself a a full-sized human... Uh, replica helmet that was full of of mac and cheese um and you know like a, a plate of mac and cheese that's quite filling and and you know it cost me like 18 dollars or something like that so you know i was getting all the way through it but but you know i dug in and it was good stuff it was good so there was nothing wrong with this mac and cheese it was really really tasty it was fantastic but but as as we got through the seventh eighth inning and i started thinking well we need to leave soon because you know the the high number the high number of prospects are playing and uh, you know whoever 87 is now has, has committed three errors and it's time to go 
I was still but determined to finish this thing, but but my God, by then it tasted awful. <laughs> it tasted awful because because I, I you know I could feel it filling everything right up my esophagus. <laughs> I don't understand why we need to eat quite so much of the ball game when you're sat doing absolutely sod all. But but this um, it didn't defeat me, uh, but but it lives on and haunts me, and I don't really like cheese very much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny you mentioned that. Like honestly, one of the things that I wanted to do this year. Uh, was go out to Cleveland's uh, ground and sample the grilled cheese hamburger, which they had. So it was effectively, it was like your your buns effectively were two grilled cheeses on each side of like a hamburger. And like, I'd seen somebody tweet about it and I was just like, I gotta have this. Like I, I wanted to be like sat out there, like on the, on the grass of the kind of like the bleachers in the stadium, just eating this kind of like horrendous kind of like grilled cheese sandwich burger. But Sadly not. I can definitely wholeheartedly agree, though, on the uh, the food the food sizes can be a little bit over the top, even for someone of my size and stature. <laughs> it's also like the the extra innings games that it's not just when the beer shuts down; it's when the food does. Because I've been to games that have gone eighteen or nineteen innings, and by then people are hungover, and all they want is just like, <laughs> some peanuts. <laughs> and then that's also shut down. You've, you've never seen misery like a baseball fan who wants to stay but has had like six Bud Lights or seven Bud Lights or whatever they've had and are now and have pre-gamed it and are now hung over just <laughs> wanting something to eat but all the food is shut down. Derek, you're good. Well, this fits in nicely because I wanted to talk more generally about uh, the American, and maybe this is a Canadian thing too, I don't know so much, but their propensity to just combine any foodstuffs they can think of and insist <laughs> that it will make it better. <laughs> so one of the ones I remember, I don't even think we bought this at the ballpark, but we ate it at the ballpark. It was like cheese and caramel popcorn. And I don't know why they thought that this was a good idea. But, it's funny because uh, I was like, that's just- that's a people way. Okay, but what is it? Cheese like powder, or was it actual cheese? Yeah, yeah, and it was no. It was like a. It was yeah. It was like it was. It wasn't like cheese poured on top. It was like yeah, powdered, integrated okay. with the popcorn, but also caramel flavor at the same time, um, which was an experience. I remember having Oreo churros at the A's, which was actually all right. That, yeah. that worked quite well. But then, yeah, you just see some of these ones that, like Russ described, and, and even worse, um, I'm sure, I can't even remember the exact nature of the monstrosity the Rangers brought out last year, but it was like, let's just take every fast food and make it into one sandwich at the same time. Yeah. And the whole thing was like two and a half thousand calories or something. Yeah, it's like the ones that the hot, where they have the hot dogs where, like, the bun is actually, like, pizza. And then yeah. it's got, like, <laughs> like, candy corn frostings on top. So you're, yeah. you're just kind of like, you you see them like, I some minor leaguers or minor league kind of like venues will have like a special on kind of like every now and then and you'll just, it'll get, I don't see that many minor league fo- uh, things get tweeted out. So obviously, I obviously see these again and again and again because they go slightly viral because everybody's just like, yeah. what on earth? <laughs> uh, what yeah, on well, earth is that? The going back to the churro dog a few years ago, I remember this one. Yeah. I remember that one too. Yeah. Yeah. A, a churro sitting inside a long John chocolate glazed donut, which is then topped with frozen yogurt, caramel, and chocolate sauces. Estimated Oof. calorie count is 1,117. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a solid breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> if you're running a marathon, yeah. <laughs> I used to work at the 
Pacific National Exhibition, which is sort of like a big, giant fate, as I think you call it in this country, but like even bigger. And every year they introduce some sort of wacky new food, which I guess backs up your theory, Darius, that it happens in Canada too. And the year I was there, the one that they had was deep fried butter. So it was literally... <laughs> sorry, sorry, can you repeat? Oh, I, I can. Deep fried butter? Mm. Well, are they taking like just food suggestions from Homer Simpson at this point? So <laughs> I, think, I think how this worked is they must have had frozen balls of butter that they made put in a deep fryer and then they would, the butter inside would melt. Yeah, it's like we have the deep fried Mars bar over here. Like mm. you, you take a frozen Mars bar, you cover it in kind of like your 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 kind of the same fish batter as you normally yeah. would, and then just throw it in. It's it's a perfectly acceptable food stuff. Come on, people. That more butter, than butter. Deep fried oh. butter. Let me put a bit of garlic in that. You got yourself a, tra- a tasty snack. I'm writing that one down. <laughs> <laughs> we have been threatening to do a Batbooks and Nerds uh, food show, so here we go. Um, this is the time. It's coming. So. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My one is, do you know, like, if you've ever been on BuzzFeed or something, you see something on Twitter, it's like, here are some foods you forget from your childhood. <laughs> like, here are these things from the 90s you forget existed. And this is sort of mine, though I've done some research and it still exists. But mine is Dippin' Dots. Oh, so, yes. I had some of them. I had some of them when I went to the trop last time. By yeah. mistake. So they still exist. But I remember for a while they were super trendy. Like they were machines, like vending machines that sold Dippin' Dots and you could get them out of the little helmets at at the stadiums. And for some reason as a child, the experience of having small spherical ice cream was absolutely (laughs) delightful. So that that was my snack of choice when we went to the ballpark. And I think most... Ballparks no longer have Dippin' Dots, so I could be very wrong. I could, there could be a whole bunch of like Dippin' Dots in their tweet us. Like, no, we're available in these venues. But yeah, I really enjoyed those. And just that kind of cold, little teeny tiny bits of ice cream, weird yes. form of ice cream, totally unusual. Yeah, like space ice cream. That's totally what it felt like. So that, and, but specifically out of the cold plastic of a teeny tiny helmet. 
I, I had exactly that in Tropicana Field. I was trying to go for regular ice cream, and I thought the bloke was selling regular ice cream because it was in a freezer. And he came out with his dipping darts, and and it was in a tiny plastic hat. So yes, I can confirm that at least in Tampa Bay, nobody goes and buys dipping darts in Tampa Bay. Oh, that's so exciting! And then if you get the kind of Neapolitan ones, and they all melt together, so by the end you've got kind of a soupy, like strawberry vanilla <laughs> chocolate situation. You can like, drink it out of the little hat. It's just delightful. <laughs> um, so that is absolutely my taste. Do you think um, they serve all the food in various size and shaped hats so that when you try and put them down, they don't sit flat, you spill the whole lot and you have to buy more? Ooh. The business there. You're just clumsy. Yeah. It could be that. It could be that. <laughs> just, you just get old. A little <laughs> tiny hat. For nine innings, it's a bit sad, isn't it? All right, <laughs> I think we're on to our last one. Look at that, speeding through. Um, and that one is obviously going to be sight. And I'm going to throw it open. Who wants to go first? You go first. Me? Yes. You've mine's not a gone bit first sentimental. Yet. Fine. Oh, okay. Um, right. Mine's a bit sentimental, which is probably good, so we can end on something a bit funnier. But um, genuinely, and I was thinking about this. Uh, so a couple of years ago, I think it was back in 2016. I did a solo trip to the Dominican Republic to go and watch some baseball there. And I'm a fairly sort of hardy uh, backpacker type traveler that likes to take a lot of public transportation and had gone to see a couple of games in the capital, had adopted the Lisi Tigers because obviously I cheer for underperforming blue teams. So it was a natural choice. It was also a used to team back in the day. And so I'd seen a couple of games there and in Santo Domingo and then decided to do kind of proper... Dominican Republic holiday for a bit so I went up to the Samana Peninsula to do some kind of beach stuff and drink cocktails out of pineapples and all the stuff you're supposed to do with the with an eye to then take public transportation to go and see Aguilas and I mostly succeeded and I speak a little bit of Spanish and at the time I probably spoke more than I do now and I got to the final bus stop well on time well prepared feeling very proud of myself and the bus just didn't arrive and was able to, in my broken Spanish, go into a shop. And now I can't obviously speak enough Spanish to do this again, but basically asked, is the bus coming? And someone very categorically said, absolutely not. It's not coming. For whatever reason, it was canceled. It was the last bus of the day and I had tickets to go and see this game. And, you know, I could have stayed near the beach a bit, but it's me. And the whole point of my holiday was to go and see some baseball from the DR. So I paid for one of the most expensive taxis I've ever paid for in my life. Ooh. Uh, yeah, not quite across the, the Dominican Republic, but a fair, far distance. And at first I was really grumbly about it again because I'm, you know, of the way I travel and like really wanted to just take public transportation and also just because the bus was canceled and I'd done such a great job of getting there in time. Mm-hmm. But the route that the taxi driver took ended up being kind of on these little country roads and through, through all these small towns. And at some point, I don't know if he turned to me or if I just noticed, he was like, oh, look, baseball. And it was this, like the sun was setting and there were all of these kids just out playing the game in this lovely, lovely kind of sun setting sunlight and just having a great time. And, and it ended up being such kind of a magical moment because for me, one of the things I loved about being there was being one of the few other countries where the sport means to everyone there as much as it means to me and means kind of to all of us and where all of our favorite players come from and sort of seeing that 
in this one image as the sun is setting as I'm on my way to this game and seeing these kids just having a fantastic time playing and sort of the legacy of that sport in that country. I will always remember just looking out the window and, and seeing that. Wow. So that's my image. Um, later got to the game on time, uh, in part thanks to the fact that there was another girl at my hostel who was another solo female traveler traveling around to see baseball. And it was my last day of that holiday, and we met that one day. I was like, oh. why didn't I meet you a week ago? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but seeing kind of that, that proper legacy of baseball in the DR, especially because so many of my favorite players come out of that country and seeing those little kids playing was pretty magical. So that's my sight. That's something I don't think a lot of people in this country, again, get get to see. You know, we, we see baseball in the US. A lot of us have seen baseball right here. But but that side of it is sort of a little bit mysterious to us and a little bit sort of romantic to it. So that, that's a lovely mm-hmm. story. And I think the Cut 4 guys went this year, so they've promoted it a little bit. Mm. If, you have, if you ever get a chance to go, obviously, the DR is a great holiday anyway. It's warm and people are great. But the the games there are unreal, especially that Aguilas one, which is um, uh, Encarnacion's old team. It really felt like a playoff game. Like just they had pyrotechnics when they hit home runs, and there were cheerleaders, and people probably kept looking at me, being like, "Who is this crazy gringo with a camera that's on her own?" But it was magical. Like truly great, great thing to do. And I'd love to go back and see more games in more stadiums. So we got to see two different spots. Wow! Someone top that. <laughs> I don't think we can. So I'll, I'll, I'll go with my. Uh... I'll go, I'll go with my kind of like soppy answer as well then. Uh, uh, I, it, to me, it's, it was the London series. It was being in the, the first day. It was just ludicrous in so many different regards of kind of like, I didn't really know what I was watching, it, 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 <laughs> to be perfectly honest. But just kind of like when it got to kind of like the seventh inning stretch and just like 55,000 British people all kind of like singing take me out to the ball game i know that's maybe like more sound but it's the the, the visualization of just everything that was going on at that moment it was just like i didn't think that was something that would ever happen like mm-hmm. i i never thought the mlb would come over outside of like the the other countries where it could be played like they'd been to uh japan i know they've been to australia but there's a there is more of a culture of the sport there i i genuinely never thought that like I would get to watch this happen like in the UK, and it was just this just this all encompassing moment was just it was just great. I think probably by that point I was in a mild state of delirium after being in the sun for about four hours. <laughs> kind of, I think every sense came into effect there. I was so sweaty and stuck to my seat. Kind of like the smell was probably not particularly grand either. <laughs> like this, this kind of like a factory experience that was kind of like happening that it just led to that moment, and it was just. It was just wonderful and it's just kind of every time I think back to kind of like that weekend and kind of like whatever reason why I think back to it I still think of kind of like that I think of the time that like Sweet Caroline was sung by like everybody in the stadium as well there were just these glorious like visual stuff that went on and I just yeah (laughs) I could that you could speak to probably 55,000 other British baseball fans who had different but equally magical experiences from that weekend as well yeah cool 
All right, I think that just leaves Elders, yeah, Darius, and me to go. Darius, what do you what do you feel? You have you have you got an, a, a nice one? Because mine's not particularly nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I would echo Russell's. I think the first moment when we just walked out into the London Stadium and just saw it for the first time in person, and you know, we'd had so much talk about, oh, it's you know a football ground, and is this really going to work? And you know, can you really believe they're going to do it here? And when you walked out there, and it just looked the part so much. Um, that was really cool. So I, I definitely echo Russell's sentiment there because that that moment um, when we first saw the the field laid out uh, with the the diamond and uh, the cage and everything, and it just yeah, I, I kind of that that really brought it home that it was really happening and they'd actually done an incredible job. Um, so that was great. But um, my like the enduring image I think of uh, watching baseball for me is what I'm going to go with, uh, and it's. It's not Tim Lincecum, it's a giant. <laughs> it's game seven of the 2012 NLCS yeah. uh, when the Giants uh, beat beat the cards and uh, the, basically the rain had started and I think, you know, in, under normal circumstances they would have just stopped the game but it was the ninth inning and uh, the Giants were about to win the game and Marco Scutro is just like standing there with his arms outstretched, like looking up at the sky as the rain falls and I'm sure every Giants fan remembers this moment. I think they even made like a a snow globe a rain globe out of this as a giveaway the next season <laughs> and yeah i just have that image like permanently imprinted on my brain of marco scutero like joyfully having rain cover his face as the giants are about to go to the world series again uh very cool wow yeah i wish i could know what that was like as well. <laughs> <laughs> that might, might it, it, does, it doesn't end up as good for everybody who gets to the world series i can tell you that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true <laughs> Uh, my final one, uh, a little bit less sort of sort of misty-eyed. It's more just um, grown men acting as children. Um, I went to a game uh, again. It was against the Giants, uh, uh, Rays against Giants in Tropicana Field, and I sat down next to this bloke who sixty-five, seventy-ish. Had a lo- had a nice chat to him beginning. He was a he was a Giants fan. Um, we were behind third base. Um, he had a lovely chat to him. Um, turns out he he was just touring around the country following the Giants. He he'd made all his money working. Um, as a porn producer, which you know, <laughs> is a bit different. And we're just having a, having a very pleasant conversation, as you expect, with, with, with an old gentleman, very respectful, asking. And then um, he noticed I had my glove, and he's like, wow, man, you brought your glove. Yeah, you want to get a ball? I said, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to try, try, try and get a ball if one comes this way. Um, and then we carried on talking, innings passed. And then uh, a ball, sure enough, came flying sort of in our direction. Um, and bounced on the uh, on the steps between the the two blocks, and I kid you not, this sixty five to seventy year old man turned into Spider Man and and leapt over three rows of seating, <laughs> flew into the uh, into the aisle, and and was was practically fighting with three other men to get this ball for me because he was so enamoured by the fact that I was a British baseball fan, um, and and he flew with with uh, it just just the athleticism of 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 this this. This older man leaping over the seats astounded me to this day, and and you can watch it any time. You can watch people making, you know, just in spring training, gone watching people. There was a, there was a guy again at Rays game who made this catch, which Kevin Kiermaier would have been proud of, um, just beyond the foul pole, um, whilst dangling one of his children from their ankle as he was reaching out to catch the ball. Um, and so these these are responsible human beings who have jobs, who have saved up to go to these games, who then, for whatever reason, 
when a sphere of <laughs> of solvent smelling leather comes flying their way something clicks inside them and they 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 behave like six-year-olds that they must have it and they must leap over whatever is in the way to get it so the sight of this 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 septuagenarian <laughs> leaping over three rows of seats was was will forever be burned into my into my retinas I do love when you see the the ones that kind of like the adults that kind of dive out in front of kids. <laughs> like they take the ball, they look so happy, and they're walking and away. And everybody else is looking at them like, "You asshole!" And you just took that from a kid. Or then you have the exact opposite, where you kind of like somebody maybe just nonchalantly catches one, and then just gives it away to the kid, and then everybody's just like, "Oh yes, well done!" Like if you were in like if you'd gone on a date, like the brownie points you just earned there. <laughs> Just kind yeah. of, are just fantastic. I think there was an MLB clip once where like a kid caught a ball, like like six or I don't know, maybe about like twelve or something like that. And he had another ball with him, and he caught it, and then he turned around and gave it to the girls who were behind oh, him. Yeah. And he gave them yeah. the fake one and yeah. not the real one. And it was just like, oh, this boy. And the kid was like twelve. I think the girls are probably in their early twenties. Yeah. yeah, I remember that clip before. <laughs> <laughs> it's got game. <laughs> well, thank you all for indulging uh, yet another one of my five things thought experiments. I will hopefully come up with different sorts of ideas for this podcast in the near future. But I think we proved my Twitter guy wrong, which is obviously mostly the point of this podcast, was to get petty revenge on a bad take on Twitter. And I think we've all done that valiantly. So thank you. I mean, if podcasts aren't for petty revenge, I don't know what they are for, really. <laughs> <laughs> This one certainly is. <laughs> and I'm sure people will have their own thoughts. So everybody got really stuck into the uh, the five players idea. So I'm, I'm sure uh, we'll get some responses from people. Uh, do tweet at us. We'll set up a thread and you can let us know your own uh, five sense memories or thoughts or feelings. And that would be great to hear from you all. Uh, if you are stuck at home and you'd like some beer, don't forget we've got a promotion running with Beer52 at the moment. Go to beer52.com slash baseball. Rob, I believe you've been drinking one of the beers uh, during this very podcast. Uh, it's it's a, it's a lager. I've got, I went for the light beers. I've got an Orbit Nico beer. It's very nice. It's very pleasant. It's very refreshing. Some of them in the box are uh, more interesting. This one was a particularly refreshing one. So, yeah, it's very good. Oh, so you can get the whole whole box, eight beers, I believe, uh, just for the cost of postage. That's four ninety five. Great deal. Easy way to get beer without having to face <laughs> the zombie wasteland that is the supermarket at the moment. <laughs> um, we've got loads of pods coming up this week. I believe uh, John's got a couple of interviews lined up. Um, Rob's going to be speaking to somebody uh, as well, I believe. So uh, there's just there's just content coming out yeah everywhere. i've got uh, one next week as well if, if that person is still keen and i'm gonna have to check yes so we're, we are going to be supplying tons of things for you to listen to um if you are sat at home looking for c- content and wondering where all the baseball stuff's going to come from never fear it is out there russell i'm sure you're going to be producing many analytics posts for us over the next few weeks now that there's no current baseball going on Oh yeah, and, and I'm working from home now for two weeks. So um... <laughs> <laughs> working from home. You wear the deluge, guys. <laughs> and I'm sure Rob will be just there cradling your two balls. <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, let's just finish up. Where, where can everybody find you, Rachel? We'll start with you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm R A E underscore S T E I N B E R G. So that's Ray Steinberg with an underscore in between Ray and Steinberg. Rob, where can people find you talking balls? 
<laughs> also on Twitter, it's just at my name. <laughs> at Rob's Wait, name, you're, you're at my name. Oh, wow. wow. How did you get that? <laughs> <laughs> and Russell, where can people find you? And how can people watch your excellent presentation at the Sabre Conference? Uh, yeah, well, you can find me at our Esam on uh, Twitter. If you probably can scroll far enough back through my tweets over the last few days, you'll find the link there. But it is on the Saber Videos channel. Uh, I'm on from the Friday video, which you'll have to probably jump about an hour, maybe an hour and ten minutes into uh, find me uh, find my presentation. Watch it. Do watch everybody. It's really good. You'll learn lots. Uh, you can find the podcast at backflips underscore nerds and of course at backflipsandnerds.com uh, lots of people are still writing for us loads of posts still coming out people want to talk about baseball uh, so if you're looking for things to read there are posts coming out every day gav is doing a great job getting things up fran will is on the post on there people are reminding us not to uh, forget about the houston astros and how they cheated <laughs> so all, all sorts of content oh, i, I enjoyed that forgetting oh <laughs> yeah Sorry, i was gonna say i wouldn't have had like the 12th of march as the basically the day we all kind of like forgot about the astros cheating <laughs> it just took a global pandemic for everybody to stop talking about the <laughs> thank you everybody for listening very much we'll see you again very soon and uh, until then bye wash your hands bye. <laughs> <laughs>